Welcome to Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. As you see, I have another guest with me. I'm glad you're here. Um, I'll introduce him in just a moment and then let him talk about himself because he knows himself better than I do. And so one of those things that I would encourage you to do, if you could, um, if you would like, subscribe and share as we are trying to help pastors, we're trying to help church workers uh, gain awareness to some of the challenges that we have in ministry, but also um, help and be preventative in, in some of the strategies that we have to build their positive mental health. As we know that building positive mental health combats the negative mental health that we all deal with in a ministry, their stress, anxiety, and depression, and a myriad of other lovely things that happen and occur in the helping profession, which leads me to our guest, Joel Walton, who is in that helping profession because he is a therapist. Um, and I'll let him tell us a little more about himself just as a way of introduction. So Joel, thanks for joining me today. And would you please just kind of introduce yourself, kind of like what your title is, if you've given yourself a lovely title, and and a little bit about the organizations and that you deal with and work with and some of the self stuff that you have uh, started and founded. Well, first off, I'd like to thank you for, for having me here today. It's a real honor. Uh, as you said, my name is Joel Walton. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist in uh, California. Uh, I primarily work with uh, people of faith, and that covers kind of a broad uh, spectrum of denominations and things. Um, and uh, I am involved uh, in private practice. I work with uh, individuals, couples, and families, uh, kind of like a general practitioner therapist that is more tailored towards uh, people of faith. And I also work uh, at uh, a large uh, Christian church where they have, uh, it's a training center where I am a uh, clinical supervisor and we have 20 uh, interns associates that are all working towards getting their hours for licensure. So that's basically my background. Um, the uh, uh, My wife and I uh, recently published a book, uh, Words Love By, it's just a book for couples. Um, and then I work uh, with a specific uh, clients, uh, a lot of law enforcement, public safety, veterans, um, things like that. So that's about that's about what I do. <laughs> that's a little bit, right? Uh, yeah, I was gonna. I was noticed the book for those of you who are watching. It, it is there um, in the screen, but it's words to love by. I would encourage couples, whether you're in crisis or not. Um, to to pick it up and read it. It's simple. It's accessible. It's not daunting like a lot of marriage books can be. Um, it's just some practical uh, ways for you to build your marriage. So I really appreciate the work yeah. that you and your spouse did on it. So thank you. So um, you kind of you're you're into counseling. It's what you do. You supervise and and things like that. How long have you been in counseling? Let's start there. Uh, see, I started uh, working about ten years ago in this profession. Um, so I've been I've been I've been licensed since uh, 17, but I was working before that uh, for ministry uh, in, in a counseling role. Now, just in, in personal conversations, I know that you have had opportunity to to provide therapy and counseling for a lot of pastors. What percentage do you think maybe would be um, pastors or church workers that you deal with? I probably do about 15 to 20 percent uh, between pastors um, and missionaries. I do I do some work with missionaries and, you know, just people that are working within a Christian organization. OK, 
Yeah, yeah, you know, it's interesting. So um, I, I've been in several, not several, but a few different denominations over the years of my Christian walk and in ministry with a couple different ones. And there's a lot of times different ideas about, uh, you know, therapy and seeking counseling and whatnot. I mean, I find that in the pastoral world, um, there sometimes seems to be a hesitancy for pastors right. uh, to go to, to therapy or to seek counseling. So why do you think that is? Well, we could talk an hour on that topic alone. Uh, that's very broad, and it's really tough to, to pinpoint the specific or the, the one that sticks out. But there's probably, I was sitting here thinking, there's probably six quick answers to that that I could come up with. And I don't know which one would be in order of importance. But I would say the first one that often comes up is uh, a lot of these pastors don't have the means to afford it. Um, and that's something that we talk later on about what can people do to, to help pastors. I would, you know, that's definitely one of the things I would like to try to, to touch on. Um, the other thing I think is that uh, pastors oftentimes have a misguided and unrealistic view of what counseling is. I mean, counseling really is a, prof a professional relationship you have with someone that's not going to change. When I say that, what I'm speaking of is uh, when you are working with a counselor, um, you know, when you're talking to a friend, a par parishioner, uh, somebody in your church, uh, you know, family member, and you and you start to disclose things that may or may not impact the relationship in some way. They're going to see you differently is what I'm basically seeing. And as a pastor, you're kind of caught in a spot where you're a you know, point of authority, but yet you're also human. Um, and so, you know, with counseling, what you're getting, and when I talk about a misguided understanding, is that you're getting confidentiality. You're getting a, a professional relationship where you can unpack and work through things and I think um, pastors oftentimes feel like they're broken if they go to counseling. And so that, I think, is a big has a big impact uh, that they they just don't understand uh, having a professional relationship where you can be authentic and, and, and work through what you're dealing with uh, has a lot of benefits um, that you don't get with working with other people that are, you know, that know you. Um, and I guess. Um, you know, the typical thing we get with a lot of Christians is that going to counseling must mean I'm not Christian enough. I don't pray enough. Something must be wrong with me. Um, I think with pastors, we get uh, a lot of kind of a understanding that that or that they don't feel the counselor understands their position. Um, and so and, and, and for a lot of secular counselors, they wouldn't. Uh, so that's why it would be one to if you're seeking a counselor, find somebody that works specifically with with pastoral type uh, situations. Um, you know, the other one is that they kind of have this, you know, I'm, I'm a rock. I'm, I'm, I'm the strength. I'm the one people turn to if I need help, I can't help others. Uh, and that's just totally not, you know, unrealistic, uh, because we all, you know, you know, we, we read through the scriptures, we hear that some of the struggles that Paul was in shipwrecked, uh, beaten, you know, to an inch of his life, I mean, imprisoned, uh, you know, why would we think anything would be different for us? Um, and then again, I think the other thing is a mindset that that you know Jesus, you know only Jesus in Scripture. You know that's all I need. You know just pray more, um, and God will fix me. And you know we still struggle. We still it's this is all you know what we're dealing with is primarily relational dynamics with what we're we're dealing with. And so I mean I could go on you know multiple things, but I, I think that pretty much encapsulates why I think um, ministers are hesitant to to uh, reach out to, to counseling. Yeah, I used to fall into probably that latter one. 
uh, where, it, you know, well, you just you just got to read the Bible more and God's word is enough. And uh, what's interesting to me is and it's something I share when 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 I'm talking with pastors who are hesitant. Uh, I say, you know, if you break your leg, you're, you're you're not thinking about it. You're going to the hospital right away. If you need knee surgery or something like that, or even if an illness, whatnot, you go to the doctor and you don't hesitate to do that. Um, now, there are good doctors and there are bad doctors out there, right? So you try to find the best that will help you. And so I look at, at even like your profession. Um, you're, a, in my opinion, a really good therapist. Now, I wouldn't necessarily think that all the therapists that I've met over the years would be good for pastors to go to, or even Christians to go to, um, because you need to really, you know, sift to that. So I wonder too, if, if some of the challenge uh, that you didn't mention, but I wonder, if, you know, especially in rural communities, if accessibility to even uh, uh, therapy or counseling is even possible, you know, never, never mind the, the cost and whatnot. Um, and so I think it's one of those things where, uh, where we see it and it's more presently available, we might be more likely to uh, take advantage of it. Um, and then it's admitting, like you said, it's admitting that we need it. Um, and and that's really hard, uh, especially coming from a pastoral view is we're supposed to be the ones that have it all together. Um, right. But the reality is, as you experience in counseling, what I call um, people spiritually vomit over me as a pastor all the time. And so it's a very it's a very unilateral relationship, uh, not much not, not as much reciprocity for various reasons, um, because, you know, because like you were saying, I, you know, if what I share with someone in confidence um, in, in a moment as a friend, even though I'm their pastor, is that going to impact the relationship? And most often it does, even though I do find it valuable to try to create friendships within the ministry. I mean, that's how you and I uh, became, you know, what I would say friends is I, I was a pastor of a church and you were attending. And uh, um, I try to break down those walls of of, of this, uh, you know, I'm just a, a guy who's messed up. And um, and you know that very well about me. So, uh, but God well, is good. <laughs> and I think one of the other things that we have to realize is that with pastors, they have a tremendous amount of confidentiality that they carry. And it's a very big burden. It's like a bag. You mm -hmm. know, things about parishioners and people that are attending your church that other people don't know, nor should they know. Right. And and so you are struggling with the couple that you've been working with to try to, and then they're now finding out that things have gotten worse or that maybe there's some domestic violence going on and you're wrestling with, you know, you just, you can't share that information. And so you end up having to carry so many, so much of the, 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 um, of that, in confidentiality, and I think that does wear on us. Yeah, you know, there's a there's like an al uh, allostatic load uh, that we just kind of build up uh, carrying that stuff that we really can't deal with. And that's where you know something like I've had uh, I had a pastor reach out to me out in the middle of, of a small little town in Nevada. Just uh, somebody I knew it was another pastor said, "Hey, reach out," to me. and 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 he had a couple uh, kids in his community commit suicide, and the and the uh, the community was looking to him for answers. And so we walked through and talked about, it wasn't really, you know, just kind of a, you know, a, a one and done kind of session. I do that oftentimes with, with, with pastors. Um, but um, yeah. And he just couldn't, where was he going to turn? Who's going to talk to uh, everybody wanted an answer from him. Um, so anyways. Well, you mentioned something that I would like to just uh, take a moment and, and encourage pastors and church workers um, understand your limitations. 
the reality is and qualifications let me let me use that term too uh you have a limit to your ability most of us um have limited as pastors limited training in real counseling and right. so you you mentioned domestic violence or something like that if if that was the case if i'm counseling a couple how quickly can i get them to a professional um, how quickly can I get them to somebody who can really help them and, and get into uh, their trauma and whatnot that I don't have the ability to do? Um, I often joke that I, when couples come to talk to me, I said, you get me for four weeks, four times. And if, you know, if, if nothing changes, then I got to send you on because I've reached my, 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 right. the end of my abilities. So. Right, right, yeah. Right. Uh, so what are some challenges maybe in your experience that you've seen facing pastors? Well, I think one of the things you just mentioned is that I think pastors oftentimes wear too many hats. They try to they try to wear too many hats, and especially when you get into smaller congregations. Uh, you know, they're the the maintenance guy. They're the you know the multimedia uh, person. They do all the social media, you know, put together the sermon. They do the the, the worship. You know, and, and so they start having to carry way more than they should, um, and I think that just really runs to burnout because then, um, you know, they, they goes in the next one that, you know, that tendency to want to control things beyond their pay grade, you know, and then it's like, well, if it's all going well and God's really blessing me, everything's going to just, you know, it's all going to land jelly side up and which it doesn't. Um, and I think that's, that's a, a, a common, a common dynamic. Um, you know, that same thing that kind of that, uh, misunderstanding of of what their role is as a pastor, you know, needing to have all the answers. Well, you know, where, where does the pastor go when, when, when he's struggling? Uh, Cause everybody has times where they're dealing with crises of faith and, and, you know, whatever the world is bringing to them. Um, and then I think the other thing is that I think pastors oftentimes will build an identity uh, around whether people like them, you know, how, how am I seen? Uh, am I liked enough? Um, and that's got to be a very hard thing instead of just doing what they're called to do. And we're all human. We all want to feel like we're valued. And, and that's a real that's a real dynamic. And, and, and it's kind of hard to measure, you know, where on the spectrum do we fall into that? Because I think we can lean too far one way or the other. We can get to the point where we're callous, no care. That's not good. And then we get to the point where we're like really needy and we need everybody to validate us. Uh, that's not good. So somewhere in the middle. And that's a tough that's a tough one because it's different for for each person. So, so those I think would be what I think are, you know, again, we could talk for hours on all of the things that are facing pastors. And I mean, you could talk to this more, um, you know, and, you know, a little bit more on the darker side, you know, pastors are people too. They deal with, you know, issues of the flesh. They deal with, you know, sins. They deal with uh, addictions and, and you know, all kinds of, of troubling. I mean, I've, I've worked with several pastors that have been in affairs. I've been in, you know, and, and it's, you know, it's it's sad, but it's the reality, and we need to help people, you know, heal and and restore them. Hmm. Yeah, well, it's interesting. I have a pastor friend, and I've quoted this often, and I find this to be somewhat true that senior pastors, especially, are are some of the most insecure people that you'll ever find. That's true. Um, and yeah, and so, <laughs> right. well, and so the reality is, we really do. What drives us often is that approval. Um, and again, and then you couple it with what we would consider a sacred calling. 
And what we're doing is what we would consider, it's not just a TED Talk on a Sunday morning, right? We elevate what we're doing because we we really believe there is eternal yeah. ramifications in, in our work. And, and then if you don't feel like someone's liking what you're doing, um, that just compounds not only your natural tendency to, to want to be approved, but now you feel like you're failing God too. Um, and so it's just a, you know, it's these things that are challenging um, too. Um, so in this idea of what are challenging, you mentioned several things, the different hats that they wear. Um, and so why, how do my church members um, help pastors and church leaders? Um, well, I think, I think church members need to be aware of the limitations that pastors are facing. Um, you know, pastors need to be willing to be seen as vulnerable, um, but they also don't want to be seen as weak. And, and that's, um, that's a hard, that's a hard thing. Like, where do we, where do we instill that? How do we instill that? Is that something, is that, is that a, um, a direction by which the pastor should be up there on Sunday advocating for himself or people to, to, to do that? Or is that really more of church leadership that needs to step in and work to, um, remind people of of what pastors are dealing with and and so you know there's different and of course different denominations and 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 the structure of the church um will dictate a lot of that um and if you're dealing with the denomination that's something that that really needs to be i think oftentimes uh, denominationally driven um but i think i think there's got to be a way in which members have a better understanding um just like we would talk about police officers and, and what they go through and, and, you know, they're dealing with constant, you know, problems and, you know, how do we get people to, to understand that? That's really a, a good question. I've, I've not found an answer to how, what is the best linkage mm. to make that actually happen? Uh, I'd really like to get some ideas from you on that uh, because that's kind of one of the things that when I'm talking with pastors, it's like, well, how do I get my, uh, I mean, I have pastors that come in and they tell me that they're really hurt when they put a lot of effort into working on on this sermon. And there are a series that they've they've really dove into and put, you know, they just poured their heart and soul into it. And the people that they really want to hear it don't show up that Sunday and <laughs> and, and how they feel like like, you know, like let down. And it's like, I don't even know what the, what that emotion is. And and so anyways, I'd love to hear what what your thoughts are on how how best to engage the congregation into that yeah i think that's some of the challenge like uh, uh, an upcoming uh interview i'll be do- interviewing dr greg walton and when we, he and i were talking on the phone a few weeks ago this is the challenge how do you get uh church leadership to understand and church members to understand that there's an awareness that needs to be um brought to their attention right and um and it's really hard because uh, you know that's the challenge so the you know the one book that i wrote was really towards church members but you found that it's it's really the past you know no pastor is going to give this book to their church leadership say hey how can you build up my yeah. positive mental health yeah. right, here's a book for right. you i'm really i really got it all together but here can you help me you know it's just it's not gonna <laughs> that, it's just right gonna and that's been the challenge now so um i know for the denomination that i am part of one of the resolves that we just passed in july uh, was to 
create a greater awareness to the positive or to the mental health of church workers and pastors. And so I think if denominations start shifting, then they can provide resources that maybe are a little more accessible because it's just more readily available. And if there's an emphasis like that, like our district has a sabbatical toolkit that they just came out with um, that helps congregations kind of walk through if it's necessary, how long, how to get through it and things like this. Um, and so I think that, that that awareness is the biggest thing. I think things like what we're doing here, um, I, I'm hoping helps with that as it just we can just kind of reach one more person every week or two more and start creating this idea Um conferences and whatnot where just some exposure to uh, you know it's one of those things where so uh, just a little quick story um when i was working on this this doctorate of pastors positive mental health um thanks to you by the way you're one of the people that helped me shift my focus so uh uh but when i was working on it um i was reached i reached out to dr um uh, pressure bell from the duke clergy health initiative one of the leaders in 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 pastors mental health um and they've done a lot of great work but it's all been very negative and it's all talking about physical and mental health and how those work together and resting properly and so i was going to do another piece on on stressors and negative mental health and she responded to me and this would have been in 2019 i want to say at this point in time and she said you know there's plenty of work on negative mental health what we really need is some people to start doing new work on positive mental health. And so what I find is that there's plenty of awareness of negative mental health um, out there. And I even think that church members understand that that's a stressful job, uh, but I don't think any of them understand that the simple things that they can do to help uh, you know, mitigate some of those negative mental health attributes that that plague pastors. Um, and so now we're just kind of in this kind of new territory. We're trying to to get into this area to where we can say, here's strategies now. Uh, let's not wait till they're burnt out. I mean, that's really my heart is let's 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 not let's not wait till we have to deal with it. Let's be proactive, which is again in our society, we're very reactive. And so it's very hard to get that idea of forethought and and caring for that. Um, but I think something that you mentioned is that pastors, uh, and, and I want to I want to quote you correctly. Um, you talked about being vulnerable, um, but what was the other thing you said? They not be seen as weak. Yeah, and I think that that's a hard thing for pastors. I mean, how do we right. how do we express vulnerability and let people know, hey, I'm I'm struggling right now. Right. And, and and I think you can find those if you actively seek and create race relationship. I think there's are people in your church that you can cultivate that with that are safe, um, right. that don't see you as weak. Um, but it does take a little work. I mean, you've got to you've got to create relationship. It's it's uh, it's not easy when you're in the pastoral role um, to just hang out with people uh, because most people don't think like us because we're weird. Exactly. And it's tough because. Because a lot of the churches you've got, you know, there's some tension between board members or whoever the, the leadership is. And, you know, you're coming into a lot of these denominations that have got people that have been in, in, in the church for, you know, 20 years, 30 years. And, and you, you know, there's just so many different aspects that you are facing uh, that makes those relationships hard to develop to where you can have that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, for instance, I'm in a church that was that started in 57. And I think I'm the 21st pastor 
right. or something like that. So, I mean, you know, there's a lot of, and the, and the people who have been here a long time have seen almost all those pastors. Uh, right. And then you get like a compared to, well, it wasn't like that when Jerry was here, and you, you know, and, and yeah. so it's like, that's a tough one. And you don't even know how to even take that. So, right. you know, you're like, yeah, but you said you didn't like him. No, yeah. <laughs> so, exactly. <laughs> it's kind of like when companies, uh, you know, upgrade their software, like they want to change their, their enterprise uh, suite. And then they immediately, because it doesn't work right, that, that it doesn't do what they want it to do. And so they get a new one and then they immediately talk, start talking, well, it doesn't, it's not working like the old one did. It's like, well, you mean the old one you didn't like? You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, well, if people weren't involved, everything would be fine. Oh, yes, right. To wrap things up in your experience, um, what are some maybe tips that you could give to pastors uh, to help with their positive mental health? Um, I would say um, have a board that you can engage with in a, um, that will engage in the concept of mental health for the positive mental health for, for pastors and not look at it as that there must be something wrong, that that is just like, maintaining the uh hvac system in 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 the building i mean there's certain things you need to do uh and that should be something that needs to be uh kind of top down i think driven denominationally or you know in some capacity i mean the idea of positive mental health is becoming much more acceptable when we think about counseling and uh, you know, so many people envisioned the, you know, kind of the Freudian sitting on the couch, word association, you know, or laying on the couch and, you know, and, and that's not at all what it's about. I mean, so, so many people have that, that come in that have never been to therapy or never been to counseling, have such a different experience. Like, well, I didn't think it, it was going to be anywhere like this. Um, and I think that um, that the leadership within churches needs to consider that and come up with um, kind of like an EAP, you know, employee assistance program for pastors, where they can go and get that uh, get that help without any questions asked. That that's just part of the budget. That there's a that, that they can have that um, you know build to the church, and um, they can get that. I mean, I think that would be a, a wonderful start. Um, and then you know that idea of setting up that so that they can they can do that ongoing yeah. uh and then uh the other thing i'd say is uh don't make your job your primary identity which is really hard because as christians our identity we can't separate our being christian because it's it's, it's really who we are mm -hmm. and then you add in well you're you're now the shepherd and you've got this flock and this responsibility that you've been uh called to um but you also need to be able to pull yourself away from that and and you know whether it's a hobby whether it's uh other interests other friends people outside of your church um outside of you know it's just like law enforcement it's one of the things when i work with law enforcement you know people that are in law enforcement they end up becoming that is who they are mm -hmm. i am a cop and they cannot separate themselves so they hang with cop friends they read cop books and cop magazines and they talk cop shop and that's all they do and then they wonder why they you know have these meltdowns well it's because that's that's not who you are that's a part of who you are uh and i think that that would probably go a long ways to um helping pastors to to not get the burnout and and to help help their positive mental health 
Yeah, I find that uh, uh, really important. Um, uh, the identity piece is huge. Uh, there's a lot of pastors that I know who um, really maybe they they want to quit the ministry. They they've just uh, but they've been in the ministry for 20 years, and you we put that you're been a pastor for 20 years on a job application. That means nothing to to a lot of organizations, right. and so they feel stuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I have a, that is probably one of the, if you were to talk about what are the topics that people bring through the door, I'm going to say that's probably right up there. The top three is I want to get out of ministry because I'm not getting my needs met. Right. Um, it's not, I, I'm not feeling fulfilled. And then we have to kind of walk through and there, there's a certain way in which I kind of approach that with people. Again, it's got to be very specific to the person's uh, view of, you know, their relationship with God, their understanding of scripture. I mean, I, I, I'll see a, a Catholic priest, uh, and then the next week I'll see a, a oneness Pentecostal. Then I'll see a you know a you know five point Calvinist. You know, it's like I'm all over the board. With, with and you have to kind of know where they're coming from and and speak their language if you really want to try to give them a, a place going forward. So it's not yeah. a one size fits all kind of approach. I think. Yeah, and it's interesting because you know guys want to retire too, but because yep. they don't have outside interests. Um, you know, I mean, I have a guy who retired and, and 10 months later, he went back into the ministry because he just couldn't, he didn't know what to do without preaching on Sundays and teaching Bible study. Um, and, uh, you know, it's unfortunate because, uh, we, we want to, you know, again, obviously as, as, as a pastor, I'm like, I'm always going to be, you, you know, to some degree involved in ministry, I think, you know, because I look at everyday life as ministry. Um, but you, you know, I'm looking forward to the day where I can you play golf a little more, um, <laughs> and roast coffee more and <laughs> maybe taste some wine a little more anyway. So <laughs> yeah, and it's important to have those, have those interests and those outside activities that you draw from so that, that that's just not the only thing you do. Cause I mean, that's a common thing I run in with people that retire. You know, people think about retirement as this as this wonderful thing that I don't have to answer the phone any longer. And I, you'd be surprised at the number of people that I have that come in in a life transition, which should be a positive thing. Mm -hmm. I'm retiring, great, but yet you know, within a couple months, they're like imploding, yeah, uh, because they just have never they never actually thought what that's going to. I mean, after you know, I had a guy uh, last year that you know wanted to build this wood shop. And so he built the building, he got all this equipment in there and he retired and I get, you know, he made five ashtrays or something. And, and after that, it's like, I'm bored with this. It's really, you know, it, but he spent all that money thinking this is really what I'm just going to make furniture. Yeah. Uh, but that really wasn't what he wanted to do. Yeah. So um, anyways. Well, yeah, no, I, I know that routine is important to us. And if we remove that routine, even though we hate the routine sometimes, uh, it, we, we find ourselves floundering a little bit. Uh, yeah. uh, so, well, Joel, thanks so much. I appreciate you so your welcome. insights. Um, yeah, Joel is a, is a guy I, I can, I know I can call anytime and he'll pick up the phone and, and be honest with me. So I appreciate that. Uh, so I encourage anyone who's listening, uh, words to love by, you can get it on Amazon. Um, there's a great review from somebody on there for that book. Yeah, anyway. I, know. I got a doctor, a doctor gave me a good review. It's also available on audiobook if you're an audiobook person. Oh, good. Yeah. That's new for you. So that's, that's yep. great. Um, um, so again, it's real simple and practical. Joel, thanks for the ministry that you do. I know you look at what you do as not just a profession, but you actually truly want to help people, um, yep. and for the kingdom. And so 
so I appreciate that. If you like this uh, podcast or, or video, whatever you're watching, please like, share, and subscribe. And also, if you need more information about the work that I do, uh, just check me out at uh, ppmhi.org. That's Pastors Positive Mental Health Institute. Um, and uh, there's a lot of information there and um, hopefully to do more. So again, thanks, Joel, and have a Thank wonderful you. rest of your day. God bless you.